We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, here we go. We are live here at Imperial Pizza in South Buffalo. We are taping this on a Saturday afternoon. This is going to drop next week. Always good to be here. I am joined by two special guests today. To my far left, good friend of mine, longtime friend of mine, co-author of a book that we're going to talk plenty about here over the next few minutes. And in between us, Buffalo Bills, great wide receiver, Stevie Johnson, man. What's going on, guys? How you doing? What up, P? How you doing? Good to see you again. Charming. My man. We're going to talk about your brand new book. And again, we're taping this on Saturday. So by the time people are watching and seeing this, it's actually going to be available for anyone to purchase. Uh, Freddie J makes his play. We'll talk about that in just a minute. First, let's talk about this place, though, man. So I don't know about you guys. And I, I know you guys have had a long day, a long couple days and days coming up promoting this book. But I'm stuffed. <laughs> oh my goodness! Tell me, look, we we had, we was very active since about six, seven o'clock in the morning. Yep. All we've been thinking about is Imperial Pizza, <laughs> Imperial Pizza and wings, man. Yeah, this place, and we talked about this um over dinner here or lunch, I should say. The wings here and the pizza here are just so consistent; it's steady. And if you like this place, you're gonna like it every single time. You know? Absolutely, the atmosphere, you know, the whole vibe, the energy, the people. You know, it's it's a it's a one big community in one spot right here in Imperial. It's it's and the all food is great, and it's always pretty cool to uh to sit here and just observe it and while we're eating wings. And people, by the way, I mean they're being respectful, letting you eat and stuff like that. But it's always cool seeing people come up to you and uh, yeah, yeah. want their picture, and you're always you know gracious towards them as well. It's yeah, I'm, cool to I'm, see. I'm for it, man, because that's that's basically what my whole um character was about when i became a professional i wanted to be the guy that was approachable you know i wanted to be the guy where the kids would look at and say i'm, I'm not afraid or shy to go say hey how you doing or mm -hmm. get a get a dap a pound you know and that's that's pretty much what it is so even when i'm sitting here eating this these delicious wings it, it don't matter the, the guys come up the fans come up and it's, it's all good they know we family they're uh they're leaving me and charlie alone though man no <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is it's all good yep. <laughs> all right I, I do want to talk about this book and again it, it's interview on camera i'm going to hold it up as well freddie j makes his play available right now um let's start i mean i know the basic premise 
and I and I've read the, the release and talked to you obviously a lot, Charlie. It's uh, you know, about overcoming obstacles uh, to become a fan favorite and build a professional legacy. Just talk about both you guys. Talk about the premise of this book, how how it came about, the process uh, of you guys putting it together. Which, by the way, I also got to make sure uh, Zachary McCabe, the illustrator, big part of this book. Obviously, he's not here with us today, but wanted to make sure I. Gave him his flowers Zach, as Zach's well. Zach's got a newborn, uh, four weeks old. Otherwise, yeah. he'd be right here with us. Talk about this book. What, what what gave you the idea to do it? What gave you guys, you know, the inspiration? And just, like I said, just talk about the premise of it and all that. Yeah, yeah. You touched on it a little bit. And as far as, like, obstacles, you yeah. know, overcoming obstacles, believing in yourself, those were the main things that we wanted to spark these kids' minds with. Understanding that you're going to go through obstacles. Things aren't going to be perfect. And when you do go through those obstacles, just revert back to what you know. And that's believing in yourself. And then your community, your family, you know, because they got your back. And this is what the what the book in, in, entails from minds and to Freddie J's story. Mm -hmm. It's um, it, it's it's amazing for the kids to to understand that n life isn't perfect, but it's going to be okay. Sure. Yeah. No. And I think you know to build on that, right? Stevie, Zach, and myself kind of came together in, in in kind of a unique way, right? Stevie and Zach were working together already on a on a coloring book. Stevie and I met at a uh, beer event. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's always beer a good thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and then Stevie and I reconnected, you know, when I hit him with, with the idea for his story. But, you know, we pretty quickly realized that we had more than one book in the hopper. We got Stevie's story out and we realized like, hey, it's not just you, you know, who overcame long odds, sure. you know, and, and faced obstacles. You know, we looked at guys like Fred, you know, undrafted, kind of took the uh, the road less traveled. The D3 the route. Right. You know, and, he was also there for Stevie. You know, sure. he was one of Stevie's, you know, if I can speak for you, one of your mentors, you know, one of the people that kind of took you under his wing. Yep, yep. Um, when, when I first got in, Freddie, because I was a seventh round draft pick, so bottom of the depth chart, you don't really have too many people that you can look up to in a sense or mm -hmm. have a vision to understand, okay, I can probably get there. Freddie was my vision, you know. So him coming in, being undrafted, starting at the bottom of the depth chart and then working his way up to becoming a captain, it just made me feel like, okay, it can be done. And mm -hmm. that's, that's, the, that's all the spark we need. And that's all the spark these young kids need out here in this world. Just to see that, oh, it can be done or have the knowledge of it being done. And that can take them to a whole nother level. And that's what we have with our, our spark books. Yeah, and I think we looked at too, like, you know, hey, seventh round draft picks, undrafted guys, they're not supposed to play 10 years and make meaningful contributions year over sure. year and become fan favorites. But that's what these guys did. Yeah, right. look, not everybody who comes in the NFL is a blue chip prospect. You know, right. everyone's right. a day one and a day two pick. But you see it year after year in organization after organization. Teams are built on guys like Stevie Johnson, mm -hmm. guys like Freddie Jackson, you know, who take that different path to the NFL and ultimately help contribute and, and you know, achieve success uh, for this team. I, I kind of wanted to talk to you, Stevie, about, you know, when you're preparing to play all the years, you know, high school, college, professionally, I'm sure you have a training regimen, you know, a routine. When you're promoting a book, like, you know, putting something together, that creative side, I'm sure that that, for the most part, is fun. It's work, but it's fun. When it comes to promoting something, like say, let's for an example, this book that you guys got coming out now, Freddie J makes his play. Talk about that process a little bit because like you just said it right at the top. You guys have been active since what six, seven o'clock this morning. Yeah. Just that process of what it's like when you're really grinding to to put something out and kind of liking it as well to, you know, like say a, 
a musician, an artist. Yeah. They put out an album, and the, and the music's great, and they love doing that. But now you got to, whether it's going out on tour to promote it, the way they're going on every talk show, that'll that'll have you to yeah. help promote it. Just that process a little bit. That's a grind, right? Yeah, it, it is a grind. And to start it off, I'm going to get right to it. Like we said, it's not going to be perfect. You know, mm -hmm. those days, those grind days, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to want to do it every time. You're not going to want to go to every show. But the best thing about it is, if you have a passion for it and this is what you meant to do or you're meant to do mm -hmm. it, those good days bad days it's not gonna matter because you know you have a purpose right and right now i feel like we both know we have a purpose with with these books and what we're providing to the kids and and even even adults that read it you know because that they teach the kids something sure but when you have that passion the work doesn't matter it's not really work you know it's just doing what we naturally do um and incorporating things that we naturally do, you know, and and this is one of one of those things. Yeah, it's it's funny too, man. Like like you know, I'm I'm not trying to you know to, to sugarcoat or to BS. Like we're having fun with it, right? Yeah. You know, we're 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 getting ready to go on Channel Four a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we're we're just kind of chewing the fat. And I said something stupid, and he's laughing. And I'm one of these people <laughs> that if like if you're laughing, I'm gonna laugh, and then I can't look at you because I'll I'll be like a ten year old. Yeah. And little did we know, we were we were already mic'd up. Up. <laughs> mics were hot. So we're getting, we're getting, I mean, like, you know, it's, this is that yeah. channel four. Yeah, yeah. We, we were, you know, we were waiting to go on. You know, but like we're we're like two big kids. You know what I mean? I mean, but so like we're yeah the grind, but we're having fun with the grind. Right. Yeah. We we work well together, and then just adding Zach into it, yeah. he kind of balanced everybody out. But he still got his little funny funny sentences yep. and lines that he brings. So. I mean, we naturally came together. We didn't force none of this, right? You know, it, it kind of naturally happened, and I think that's what's gonna help us take it over the top too. You know, nobody's now, forcing now you, anything. You can make no matter how hard you work, you can make it fun, like you guys both allude to. But at the end of the day, it is still a commitment, though. Like it, I said, just today alone, Saturday, you guys been at all day. Yep. You you were in Lockport, and then Charlie's texting me. You guys are on your way here. I'm sure you got a lot more stuff going on. Again, we're taping this, so by the time people listen or watch. It already be out, but you guys have got a big event at Resurgence on Sunday. That's going to be the official launch. Right, of right. The book. It it just it don't stop though. And I want you guys that's listening to understand like it, it don't stop. You will get tired, but that don't mean you stop. That don't mean you give up. You feel me? You got to keep going. We got a big. We got a bigger plan. We got a mission to take over the world. To be honest, right now we we holding down Buffalo, taking care of our community, mm -hmm. our home. But we have a mission to take care of everyone because there's guys out there that's got stories outside of buffalo outside of california where i'm from and we want to help everyone you know sure. so it's, this is only the beginning to be honest and it's huge already now i'll like this again at the end when we're done here but charlie tell people who are listening and watching right now exactly how they can get this book. besides coming right up to you at imperial while we're yeah. eating wings and saying yo can i get a copy of that book and we're stevie sign it for us yeah. <laughs> at the car dealership. Yep. hey those are all good ways too but yeah no the, the book itself the best way to get it uh, the, the least expensive way to get it is through our publisher, and that's uh, imaginewepublishers.com. Uh, but it's also going to be available at local bookstores like Alice Ever After. They've, they've been a great uh, partner to us. Uh, great, great store just to go check out anyway. And that's on Parkside in North Buffalo. Yeah, make sure you check out the book. And see, I want to switch gears for a minute here. And Stevie, I wanted to ask you about Exposure Academy. And I, by design, because I knew that you were going to be here today and we were going to be talking. I haven't, by design, tried to find out much about it. I've heard a lot of buzz about it, what's going on. Kind of explain to people right now 
who might not know anything about Exposure Academy, what so, exactly it's all about and what you're doing. Yeah, Exposure Academy is a nonprofit that I that I began, and it was a it was a way that I can go deeper into the student athletes and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Everybody know me as an athlete, so I, I'm supposed to put on camps. Sure. And that was cool. I was enjoying putting on camps. However, I seen more. I had to. I wanted to educate the, the kids uh, more on life, not just sports. And the camps didn't give me that time. So I sat back. I thought I talked talk with Charlie, talked with Z and, uh, and, and JR, my brother back home. And we created this uh, type of destination symposium to where we house kids for a week. Kids can come from anywhere. And oh, we really? Fly, yeah, we fly them in for free. They, they stay for a week with other kids. They learn skills and they learn mm, tips and techniques from on the field as well as off the field. The main things that we teach them is how to cook, teach them a skill, which is a uh, barber, teaching them uh, like a oh, barber wow. school. We bring barbers in and we bring a chef in and, um, and, and really anyone around the community that, that has a skill that they would like to teach. We, we, we offer them to come to our house and teach the kids something, you know, and mentor them. So that was something that, um, you know, we thought of and, and felt like this can this can help kids a, a whole lot more than just coming to a an hour camp, you know, a two hour camp. Sure. So, wow. Um, yeah. Exposure Academy is definitely the, the, the future. And that's, that's our baby. I, wa I wanted to ask you about being a football player and playing at the highest level. How important and, and you talked about it a little bit just now, too. It's more than just football or forget football, just sports or, or any, forget sports, any activity. You know, you have kids and that they're involved in learning things. Just kind of speak a little bit about the importance of, A, if you have children, just having them involved in something. And B, and we will go back to football for this, being more than just football. You're talking about life skills and things that you get from playing a sport and how important that is to, to kids growing up, becoming young men and women. Precisely. Yeah, it's, it's definitely more than sports. Um, the thing is. I, if I can play football forever, if anybody can play football forever, then I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have an exposure sure, academy right. because we wouldn't be injured. We can just play the game sure, forever. forever. However, this doesn't last long. Mm -hmm. However, a, I mean, but a skill or a trade like, like for instance, cutting hair, that can last you forever. Yeah. You can make money off that as long as you, as long as you're alive. You know. So those are the things. That's what we're thinking about. You know, um, implementing in these in these kids that join our exposure academy. And um, yeah, I mean. I, it, I don't want to. It's not like I'm reinventing the wheel. We're not really reinventing the wheel. We just opening up this this mentorship for more people. You know, um, before I before I close this sentence. So like like Freddie, Freddie wasn't drafted, right? Okay, so I was drafted. The NFL they provide they do a great job. However, they only provide the symposium for drafted guys, and the symposium it, it tells us a whole it's, it's a great it's a great mentorship for um for incoming athletes that, mm -hmm. that finally make the league but there was guys like freddie that didn't get to have this opportunity so i felt like let me create this for guys before they even get to the, yeah. to the nfl or college you know what i'm saying and um that's pretty much where the basis of, of it kind of came that's awesome about. Yeah. that is that, that that really is that is awesome We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to talk about Buffalo. (laughs) We were talking about this a a little bit over wings. Now we're kind of like in three different boats here. Charlie, if I'm correct, you're, you're Buffalo born and raised and you've been here. Like you're a lifelong Buffalo through and through. I was born and raised here. I spent five years in Florida and then I moved back here in 2021. Stevie obviously is not from Buffalo. He played here for six years. And we talked about this and I I want to say this on the air for people who are watching and listening. I said the same thing. We talked about this with with Howard Simon. You cannot be born in Buffalo, but still be a Buffalonian. And Stevie Johnson, for everyone watching and listening, is a Buffalonian through and through. No question about that. Talk a little bit about just this city and, you know, coming here originally. We don't need to talk too much about your career. People know about your career and all the awesome things that you did as a Buffalo Bill, but just coming a different culture, a, a whole different area for you. Moving here first to play professional football and even not living here now, but you're still back here a lot. You just, you know, the fabric of the city and what it's all about. Just talk about Buffalo and how you embrace Buffalo and also Buffalo in return embrace you as well through all these years. Yeah, that man, that's, that's good. You even brought that up. Um, man, I, it's a, I take pride in being a California Buffalonian, you mm-hmm. know, so thank you. Thank you for that. And um, I felt like when I got drafted, I felt like the city drafted me too, even though it was just the team, sure. you know, I mean, the, the organization. But when I got here, I seen there was a, it was kind of a, it was a gap as far as the fans was in the, in the stands, the players was on the field. And even when plays was being made, there was still no connection. Nobody yeah. was like going to the crowd. They would, they would probably get rah-rah, but they'd do it with their teammates and then go back. And I can I just remember being on the sideline one time, not not in uniform, um, and I seen one of our play one of our teammates make a play, and the, the crowd went crazy. And I'm looking back at the at the crowd, and I'm seeing a player. I'm like, is he about to you know interact with the fans? And just went right back to the huddle. And I was like, I know exactly how I'm gonna get known from these <laughs> fans, you know. Yeah. And I got my opportunity a few weeks later, and and boom. I, and from that moment, I felt like the the Buffalo fans. They kind of kept me on the team because, like, like, like Charlie was saying, seventh round draft picks don't really make an right. impact, or they don't stay on the team. Not you often. Know? You may be on there for a practice a little bit, and then you off to the next. I felt like when I had that opportunity to connect with the fans, 
that helped me get my name spread through the message boards. And that kind of helped me stay on the team sure. as long as I could. And then I just leveled up from there. And um, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know I was pretty much being the first to engage players and fans. But now you see it as like second nature. You don't even think about it, you know. But at that time, it was it was something new, you know. And ultimately, it turned in, you know, it turned into the mafia. But it got ignited by a certain play in in our in our book, <laughs> which everybody probably already read the book now, our, our, our volume one. But yeah, like that the the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, that that just ignited the Bills Mafia, you know. And, yes. and what it also did with uh, as far as bringing Bills Mafia a name. It also showed me that the, these fans, they really they really care for me because I thought I let them down. I, I thought I was just, you know, I, I messed up everything for them, but they had my back so yeah. much. And, and I felt like from that moment on, I'm I'm for life a, a Buffalonian. You Are you, in your wildest dreams ever, that situation and how things turned out, the birth of Bill's Mafia, in your wildest dreams, did you ever think that? Because ain't nobody coming to this town anymore and saying, all right, we're, let's go, Bill's Nation right, or, right. you know, Bill's whatever. It's Bills Mafia, and literally everybody knows that. And that wasn't like this was 40 years ago either. I mean, this is a relatively short amount of time. Indeed. Is it ever, do you ever picture something like, God, man, you know, I, you had such a big part, and you hear the term every day, literally, Bills Mafia. Yeah, I mean, it's I, wild. I, yeah, I didn't have no, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew when I was a kid and the feeling I had when I looked up at the TV and I felt like I would never be able to talk to this person. So if I get in that position, I want the kids that's watching TV to feel like I can go talk to that dude. And and that's and that's what we're living in right now, you know. We had a kid last night. Uh I shouldn't say kid, he's probably yeah. he's probably yeah. 22, 23, yeah. you know. We were doing a little recon mission at Resurgence last night, and dude came up to him and said, like, when I was seven, you were my guy. Yeah. You know, and it stuck it stuck with him. Yeah, he was I seen it in his eyes, man. It was like it's, it was pride. It was the pride, not just me, but just his team, this Buffalo. That was his team. I, I'm not BSing you because you're my guest and you're sitting, you know, inches away from me. You really are one of the more popular players that has been here literally in several areas. And, and, and it's really cool to see. And I know you're thankful for fans, obviously, but you're pretty cool. Like even saying when we're just doing a, you know, a little podcast like this and you're at a restaurant in South Buffalo and you're sitting down and again, you know, people are want to get their picture with you or even just say hello or smile at you and stuff like that. That doesn't, it doesn't get old, does it? No, not at all. Because I know the work was put in for that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's not for nothing negative, anything positive. I'm, I'm for it. You know, I'm not the type that, Hey, leave me alone. Don't bother me. I'm eating type, you know, Hey, this might be your only opportunity to see me, you yeah. know? So here I'm not going, I'm not going to trash you for, for coming up to say hi or just take a picture. Two uh, former Buffalo Bills greats that I, I've had opportunity to, to have interviews with before, Daryl Talley and Eric Bowles. They spent many years in Buffalo. They spent the rest of their careers somewhere else. Daryl spent the last year of his career in Atlanta, and he said he was miserable. And after Eric was uh, – eventually he got traded, actually, to Houston, and he spent a year in Houston and a year in Tennessee before his career was over. And when I talked to both of them, they both said it just wasn't the same after they left Buffalo. Now you spent six years here in Buffalo and then you ended your career first with San Francisco and then with San Diego. Do you kind of, you kind of feel the same, you know, like it, it wasn't quite the same. It's not that you didn't embrace where you went, but right. it just, well, Daryl didn't. And Daryl couldn't get out of that land organization fast enough at the time. But anyway, was it, it wasn't the same when you left Buffalo. Was yeah. It? I was sad to be honest when, yeah. when I 
found out that I was going to be uh, moved to San Francisco. Even though San Francisco is my home team, uh, mm -hmm. who wouldn't want to play for your home team? I just had I felt like I had work to do here and, and this this was my my new home team. Um unfortunately I wasn't able to break the drought, but that was my main mission. And when I went mm -hmm. out to, to San Francisco, I yeah, I was I was sad to be honest. I was I was sad. I was I was happy for the family to be back, but I wanted to be in Buffalo. I yeah. I'd rather stayed in Buffalo my entire career. Um That's I talk, on me though. I, I gotta be I should have been better in the sense. And I and I talked to uh another one to Isaiah McKenzie recently, who just uh he was released and he's with the Colts and he's happy, obviously he's saying all the right things. And I'm sure he is genuinely happy a part of him to be an indie, but you could tell he, he kind of like you, yeah, he really embraced Buffalo and came to love it. Very fun cat, too. He's a he's a fun dude, you know what I mean? So um I think he's kind of going through that a little bit. I said I wasn't going to uh, talk about your career or ask any questions about it, but I lied because <laughs> I have a friend here. His name's Mike. I got to give him a shout out. Okay. He told me to ask you this. And look, every time I say I got someone on the show, like make sure you ask him this picture. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I do. He had a good question because I always wanted to know this. And I know a lot of fans are going to want to know this. Daryl Reeves Hall of Fame corner. Reeves Island. One of the greatest shutdown corners of all time. That's like an island that you didn't visit, though. Yeah. You had a lot of success. It was almost uncanny how much success you would have against Daryl Rivas during your career compared to other great wide receivers. I got to ask you, it might sound like a simple question. I don't know, but how? How did you have so much success against Daryl Rivas like you did? Uh, it was shout out Daryl Rivas, you know, one of the best, like you Absolutely. said. Um, shut down everybody. But it, it, was, it wasn't about, yeah, it wasn't about football with uh, going against Rivas. It was just about you know, skill and me utilizing a different skill mm -hmm. during in a different sport. You know what I'm saying? I use basketball and football and I understood he's not practicing basketball defense. You know what I'm saying? He's practicing for football defense. Yeah. So once I once <laughs> I noticed once I noticed that uh every DB wasn't wasn't a match to be honest. You know, it wasn't nothing that he didn't do right. It was nothing that none of the DBs didn't do right. It was just at that time, nobody was playing basketball, so I was already just a, a step ahead on them. You know, nobody can guard me. <laughs> it, was, it was fun to see, and again, it was just like, really? It was going out there. I want to say own, but you certainly had a lot of really good uh, outings against him, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, like, the main thing is I, I changed my mindset to to not run routes. Not I'm not running routes. I'm just – utilize spending time wasting time or trying to distract you until i get to a certain time and then i'm gonna snap off and i know i'll always have at least a step on you mm -hmm. and um and that's pretty much how i was you know i want to ask you a couple questions to see maybe if you remember these or not a long time ago maybe so maybe not but everybody knows about the three touchdowns against cincinnati again that was like your the biggest of coming out parties for you of course do you remember the game and i i looked this up to make sure where you had a career high in yards wasn't the Cincinnati Chicago. game. Nope, close. That was second. We wasn't in Toronto playing against the Bears. Nope, oh, that wait, was the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. There it is. Yep, 2010 Baltimore Ravens, 158 yards you put up on them. And then that was going to be the follow up question if you remember the most catches you had at a game that was against the Chicago Bears. You, you grabbed 11 passes. That was 11. I didn't even know. It was yeah, you had 11 catches for 145 against Chicago. The main thing about the Baltimore that I remember was afterwards they traded Lee. <laughs> I didn't understand why. Oh. <laughs> like, 
why would you get rid of another asset, another piece? But like that was that was what we was playing in, you know. That's why it's so beautiful to have this team now because the management is on on the same page as the as the team, and then the fans are on the same page as both of them. So that you know everything's working together. At that time, it was as if it was it wasn't all one accord. To be honest, you know, like you don't have Lee Evans who scored two touchdowns, I believe two or three touchdowns that game, and I have a hundred and some yards this game, and then you trade him. Like I don't. What, what's the point? I, I'm not a. I'm not a first round draft pick getting millions, millions of dollars. You know, it was like one of them. It was one of them type of things between behind the line. I mean, behind the screen. It just what it wasn't. We wasn't together. You know, the the organization wasn't together. That's why it's so great to see this organization now. What team or what teams did you get like most up for? Like, what would you play? And you look at the schedule. I mean, obviously, you knew we were going to play in the AFC East, of course, every year. But was there like one or two teams you looked at and you're like, man, I really want to go out. And play my best. And you want to play your best against every team. Yeah, but yeah. was there like one or two teams that like maybe you hated? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not, I didn't even nothing. It would main, the main thing was we, we got to win so we can get to the playoffs. So sure. every team was that one. And um, you know, it, it was it was it was battles. It was battles. Sometimes the offense was going crazy, sometimes our defense would go crazy and our offense wouldn't. It was just it was it was fun, it was good times, you know what I'm saying? But I wish it was how it was now because i can only imagine how how things would have been yeah but you're still part of it in a way indeed, and indeed. so are like so spready and so yeah. are a lot of a lot of players you know what i mean so it's good to see again you're yeah. a buffalonian so trials and tribulation i was a part of the trials yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> let's spend just a couple minutes before we get out of here um talking about this current roster now again i know you were here a couple months ago on uh, matt perino shout out to him shout buffalo podcast um and i was back there producing the show so i Heard some of the conversation, but the offseason for the most part is complete. Now we we know this roster going into training camp. You're a wide receiver, so obviously I'm good at I gotta ask you about the wide receivers. The Bills made two, I don't want to say big splash acquisitions, but certainly guys I think that improve the depth of the position for sure. It could do some things. I'm referring to Trent Sherfield, um, who came over from Miami and Deontay Hardy over from uh the New Orleans Saints. Like, what do you think of those additions? They're in. Jay Kumaro's out. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, who I mentioned, they're out. So they kind of like replacing those guys yeah, you know, on this depth chart. Yeah, it was good that we, we not not always good to see guys leave. Of course, you know, sure. That. But bringing them, bringing those guys in, are guys that's been in the league a few years. You know, we also drafted a couple guys. I think we drafted one, maybe two receivers, and we picked up one um, in undrafted. So our depth is good and, and it's universal because. We're not really forcing those those young guys to get in there right now, you know. Sure. You can you also you obviously go learn from Diggs and Gabe, um, the top two, and um, and not, I'm gonna throw Knox in there too because when you throw in Kincaid, he's like a, a hybrid of mm -hmm. of a receiver tight end. So, um, our pass game should be lethal, um, and, and the depth should be, I mean, at, at, at how we speaking about it right now, we shouldn't have no issues with depth. Um, it's just about being on the same page as far as one whole unit as the offense running the ball and passing the ball were you surprised a little bit the bills took a tight end and i want to use air quotes here in the first round because you know dalton kincaid played like that big slot position kind of like you mentioned like a hybrid did that surprise you that they took him as opposed to say a traditional wide receiver i'm gonna let charlie answer this one i was gonna say we, we were going back, he was, he was we were going back go. and forth on draft night yeah. and you know my man's a wide receiver he was calling for a tight end though Really? Calling for a tight end. We I, I was like, we need that. We need a hybrid tight end, like um, wow, a safe an extended safety valve for, for Josh, just in case we have some problems. Or he can get right over the middle, tall, and you know can block and pass. Like 
it was perfect. And then we ended up taking Kincaid. Yeah, so. I, I think I think it was funny. I I wish I would have talked to you. I wouldn't have been surprised. Well, I told him, I said, all right, Darnell Washington, hopefully he falls. He wrote me back, nah. nah. And then like about 10 minutes later, you need a hybrid guy. Mm. Then they drafted in Kincaid, and then he's, you know, called me out on Twitter. Yeah, yo. <laughs> yo, what I say? <laughs> I was, I was team drafted wide receiver. I, I'm gonna be completely honest. One, well, we got, yeah, like yeah, we got, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As I learned about the pick and educated myself about, it, I really started liking it. Plus, which leads to what I wanted to ask you here. But this is a big, big year for Gabe Davis. Okay, mm -hmm. it's a contract year. I thought he was good as a rookie. I thought he was really good in his second year. Maybe just bloated expectations for him last year and also in fairness to him too he was not healthy for a nice chunk of, of last year inconsistent but talented I, I think that's what he is at this point but anyway a big big year for him as a, for the bills and for himself because he's you know could be a free agent after this year do you think I don't want to say even some bills fans at least like they kind of given up on this guy to look like people are Cram, you know, please give me a wide receiver. Well, they got Stephon Diggs and they got Gabe Davis. Well, I think the the fans are saying give us a receiver because depth, you know. Sure. The, the league has turned into uh, teams full of depth, you know. Um, and 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 Gabe, he's been phenomenal, to be honest. If you want to, if you want to put it in, in let's let's put it let's put it like this. When I was in my third year, I probably I had I was new, having probably a hundred and something yards, you know, coming in. And that's when I finally got to got to play. Gabe's been playing from his rookie second, sure. third. So he's gonna be he's always gonna be good. He's gonna keep going up. Um obviously dealing with injuries is, is something that's tough. It's tough tough for everybody, but that's not an excuse. You know, I don't think he I don't I don't think I've ever heard him make an excuse on No, he didn't. Yeah, I just think the the fans was calling for a receiver because we just need more depth. We understand he's he's been doing a lot, Diggs been doing a lot. Team uh, defenses are getting smarter, they're learning how to um how to guard multiple players that's why we wanted to tight end so we can have an extended receiver a bigger extended receiver and when when we can when we get uh covered up on digs or gabe we can go with one of the the other guys sure. you know that's why we won't want all the depth so i think um people probably just putting too much too much on on gabe at this point and got to realize he only in his third year you know he's only his third year uh, a few quick things here that we're going to wrap up i want to circle back to not what you did on the field, but more more in the locker room. A couple little quick fun facts or, or fun things I wanted to ask you. In the locker room with all your teammates, who was the funniest? Who's the funniest guy that you can remember playing with in the locker room? So is that a Fred or Tashar Choice? Tashar Choice? Fred, Tashar, really all the running backs. Marshawn, Fred, and I don't know something about that running back room, but those guys, they they like they funny. They they made the, our locker room. Just nice and loose. And, and light. I would have loved to have gotten to know Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. He just seems like such a fun man, person, a fun character. I'll tell you a story, a quick story about him. Mm -hmm. um, before I even got to the NFL, we training in LA. And then, you know, me being from the Bay Area, I knew of Marshawn. He a Bay Area legend. Sure. I never met him though. So I get to LA, we train him for NFL. Then Marshawn come in. He's He got his Jabot jeans um, and, and uh, long t shirt. Had uh in regular pants, regular uh shoes. Man, he went in there and, and was on a squat rack in a in a pull. I don't even know what the name of this stuff is, but he probably had like maybe two seventy or <laughs> just walking in and doing it naturally. Like, all right, y'all, we I'm out of here. You know what I mean, and I'm like, yo, this dude is different. Uh, different. That's good. Cool. And um, you know, you see it on the field. Legend. He a legend. And then um, 
Freddie, Freddie was the, the incredible Hulk. He'd be in there trying to wrestle everybody, showing how strong Freddie. We know you strong already. You're not little no more, bro. He'd be in there trying to wrestle everybody. Um, Tashar Choice was super cool. Boop Nation, shout out to you, uh, Shark. Um, it, it, it was it was a good it was a good room. I, I don't even want to leave out Fitz. Fitz was a quarterback, but he was super cool, like a super dude. He's super entertaining on yeah. TV nowadays. I, I love. I think I think he's got a nice career out of him uh, doing that. Who was um who was the toughest guy in the locker room? Like who was, like if if you if somebody was coming after you and you could pick somebody, you're like I want this guy to have my back. Like, oh yeah, Freddie, Freddie for sure. Yeah, yeah. Freddie. Freddie used to he used to pick on us and he used to protect us. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was either Freddie or um Lee Smith. Lee Smith was my guy also. Shout yeah. out Lee. <laughs> Who was uh, hey a special thing about Lee? Mm -hmm. Lee's son uh Brody protected my daughter in uh in, in first kindergarten when he was out here. She was getting bullied and Brody stepped up and uh and he protected my oh, daughter. Wow. So shout out Lee Smith in the in the in the Smith family. <laughs> what up, Brody? That is awesome. Um was was the smartest person? Like was the like the smartest, nerdiest, whatever way you wanna Want to phrase the, that the legend of it's the legend of Fitz, the legend of Fitz. yeah yeah dude he was but the thing is he was so smart but he didn't oh, i'm gonna show you how smart i am you know what i'm saying yeah it's just the the way he interacted with it with everybody it was just so smooth it wasn't you didn't have he didn't have to think about things you know it, it was just it was just natural it was normal and he was a quarterback at that at a time where quarterbacks had to be somewhat robotic in a sense, you know, yeah. and he was not that at all. Stevie, yeah. tell, tell these guys, I, I hate to jump in, but you told a story this morning that I thought was fascinating, you know, something that I never heard before. Tell these guys about the you do you. That, that oh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So I was asked at, at, a, at an Emerit, um school about what my favorite route was. Mm -hmm. And it was a good question. So I said my favorite route was when Fitzpatrick – he goes to the line and he, go, and he does this sign to me. It's a Y sign, and that means you do you. So <laughs> I would go, I would go, and this, this is a testament to Fitz not being a robot. I would go to the line, I would either run a fade or a slant, and he would read it as, as I'm making my moves off the line, you know? Yeah. And that's pretty cool for him because he's sacrificing himself on not doing a three step drop or a four or five step drop. He's just playing football with me. Yeah. And that allowed me to, you know, do what I did. And, I, and one of those plays was against the New York Giants. And I had the fade on the, on the, on the, on the um, back end zone. But that was that was Fitz telling me, you do you. And that was that was just the connection that we had. That is that is so awesome. All right, we're, we're, we're going to get out of here. But I do want to circle back to one last thing here. Being talking Buffalo, you know, I, I talked earlier about Charlie. You're born and raised here. You, you know, the city you've been here your whole life. You are an adopted son of buffalo i was here my whole life minus five and when i was gone during those five years i i think i, I when i lived here i, I kind of took all the the community the togetherness of buffalo for granted it's just like whatever that's all i've ever known is no big deal and then i go somewhere else and i love florida but it's kind of like everyone's more to themselves here and i and i told you the story in the audience who, who's sitting back there watching us i had a good friend of mine ryan shout out to him uh, you had a little conversation yep. with him before the show. He's fighting stage four cancer, and he's from South Buffalo, born and raised here, lived in Florida with us, me, for a, a couple of years. And we put a benefit. We put a nice little team together and put a benefit for him. And I'll never forget this. I came back. It was the summer of 2021, found out about him being sick, and we put a, a benefit together for him. And people literally came out of the woodwork, man. Um, friends, strangers, hey, what can we do? What, what can I give you for a raffle that, you know, help make more money? Imperial Pizza, 
can't, I can never thank them enough. Man, like six, seven hundred dollars worth of free food. No questions asked Excellent. either. You know what I'm saying? People, um, Josh Allen signed a, a jersey for us. There was just I can keep going on and on and on and just the together the community, just people coming together when somebody falls down the way they pick you up in this city. And I'm not just saying it's not no this is no BS, man. This is real talk here. It just this city, you know, no city's perfect. We all we have flaws just like everywhere else, but when the chips are down and something happens to somebody, they just pick you up. Like nothing I've ever seen. Let's end it this way. See, we talk about that because you've got an experience. It's like I said, you're like an adopted son to Buffalo. Now you've been around a lot of stuff like this, you know? Yeah. I mean, they don't call it the city of good neighbors right. for nothing. Right. You know, and like you said, no city, no area, no person is perfect. But this is one of those communities where they are loyal and they got your back. You be yeah. positive, show love to them. They got your back until the end. And, um, and it's a testament from Imperial Peace of what they do. And, and I, I want to take a little bit further to, to West Her. The, mm -hmm. the automotive car, sure, the yeah. car dealers. Like, I had I, me and Charlie just spent some time with the Wheelchair Football League of Buffalo. So, shout out to Wheels Mafia. Mm -hmm. And at first, they had like the regular the wheelchairs, you know, and it was it was bad for them. You know, it, you can't really move with that. Wes Her heard about it without a question, sent 12 um, athletic wheelchairs. That's awesome. You know, and, and it's, it's crazy. Like, it, that's that's just the type of environment that we're in here in buffalo and i think every player kind of feels that when they come in they, they probably had that same like uh buffalo cold maybe and then when they leave it's like man i want to go back because it's just the love the energy yeah. that, that they have you know it it always the winners don't it the bad winners <laughs> i can't stand that all right guys we are going to wrap this up make sure you go out and you get the book freddie j makes his play i'll put all the ways to get it in the show notes Sorry. as well charlie roberts my man's Buffalo Bills, great. Stevie Johnson. Yes, Thanks so much, guys. Good to have you. Talk to you guys this week. Take care.